Hi, I'm Sharon Witt and welcome to This One Life, Stories That Shape You. My special guest this evening is Samuel Johnson, Order of Australia Medal. He is a much-loved Australian actor known for his work on The Secret Life of Us, Cracker Jack, Underbelly 2, Rush and as a star of the hit biopic Molly. In recent times, he's most proud of his work as a breast cancer advocate and determined unicyclist. He won a gold Logie in 2017 for his work on Molly and was named the 2018 Victorian of the Year for his charity work to vanquish cancer. So far, the charity he's set up with his sister, Connie, Love Your Sister, has raised over $13 million for medical research. Sam is a best-selling author with his and Connie's book, Love Your Sister and Dear Santa, both hitting the bestseller lists and both shortlisted for an ABIA award. His 2019 winning stint on Dancing with the Stars reminded all of Australia how much we love Samuel Johnson. And I'm so stoked to be chatting to him this evening. Hey, Sam, how are you going? So good, Sharon. I'm stoked too. Thank you again for your time and I'm really, really happy to be speaking with you once more. Yeah, me too. Look, Sam, we decided that um, we're going to start this um, the interview um, chatting about a topic that is very close to both your heart and my heart. And um, just a word of warning for anyone that is listening this evening, uh, we are talking about um, mental health and we are talking about suicide. And um, it's not something you and I are going to apologise in speaking about tonight, Sam, because both of us um, are, are suicide survivors. We, we've lived um, with loved ones who've taken their lives. Sam, you go first. What do you want to say? Well, firstly, I want to um, acknowledge the two-year anniversary of your partner's passing. Yeah. I think that's probably the best place to start. Um, I, um, you know, I mean, mental health has such a lasting effect uh, on the people um, that are left behind. And um, and I know I've met so many Australians who are in our boat, Sharon. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I think the best the best way I can start is to acknowledge um, our loved ones because they need to be acknowledged and respected and loved forever, and not demonised and and not not. Uh, I, there's a lot of kind of misconceptions I think floating around about suicide. There's there's the there's the whole prevailing myth that um, suicide is selfish, which is absolutely nonsense. Mm. Um, Suicide is not selfish. I mean, that um, <laughs> you know, often people say, "What about the kids?" and not realizing that it's actually not about the surviving members; it's about the person that was suffering. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it takes an incredible amount of pain and an incredible amount of courage um, to to um, to end it. And and if um, if if anyone who has done it. Um, has you know has has been thinking of what they're leaving behind then they wouldn't do it <laughs> you so know they're just trying they're, they're just trying to end the pain and and often as in my case they they think that if um my mum thought that if if she ended it that it would be better for other people as well mm-hmm. um and so there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on around uh, uh, mental health and 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 the people that um that that do end up kind of um, not coping to the point where they opt out, um, but I think we just need to first and foremost remember these people as um, a- a- as as in pain rather than as selfish or cowardly. Um, it's it's really important, I think, that we um, that we approach this in, this issue sympathetically. Absolutely, Sam. I, I could not agree more. And you've you've just hit the nail on the head. You know, for anyone that has lost someone to suicide, um, to to 
talk about it as being a coward or you know cowardice or a way out. It's, it's so it's, offensive. It's so offensive to yeah. I mean, no, do we don't we don't want to glorify it either. But no. at the end of the, at the end of the day, um, I think that. Um, that what they're doing is trying to end the pain, mm. and 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 I personally have never come close. I mean, I, it's not in me. I don't. No matter how kind of dark I get, I can't. I've never wanted to harm myself, and I can mm. only really imagine. And I don't really want to speak for them because you know it's not like I've uh, you know attempted multiple times myself or anything. I don't have that intimate an understanding of what goes through the minds of people who are struggling to such a degree. But um, but but I think I think we should lean on kind of on 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 bravery more than we do cowardice. Yeah. But at the same time, at, at the same time, try not to. Um, um, I, I, I try not to kind of um, maybe mythologize it to the point where people think that you know it, that, that 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 they'll be awarded a, a, a yeah. badge of courage or bravery in the afterlife. Yeah, you're right. So you know, I'm, it, I'm, kind of, I'm so careful. About, I'm so worried about talking about it, and that's why I like talking about it with you because because we're, we're not experts. No, we're just people that have had had it affect us, and and. I think it would be helpful um, for me to talk to people that understand it a lot better than I do. But at the same time, I enjoy thrashing it out on our level because um, we get to kind of work out um, what we think about it as we talk because it's very hard to formulate these thoughts privately. I find that it's only through discussions like this that I come to understand the nature of everything better. And that's why I'm trying to talk about it more. And that's why I'm proud um, to be alongside you when it comes to trying to, trying to lessen the stigma or lift the lid as we say it's so good that we're talking about it now when my mum killed herself when I was three we didn't talk about it um, like it, it was not discussed I was too scared to bring it up with my father it's not like he ever kind of made it clear that it was something we shouldn't talk about it might have been a, a societal norm that I didn't know was occurring but on, on, an, on, an inter, on a macro level I was just I, I just didn't want to offend my hurt my dad's feelings by bringing it up yeah. So I'm I'm just glad that there's a much more open culture around the topic now, and I'm proud to be a part of uh, the the brigade of people that are that are that are just trying to talk about it um, in the best way that they can in an effort to, to in an effort to normalise it because. Guess what? It's a pretty normal part of a lot of people's lives. It's not. It's not a niche problem. Um, you know, it's it's an issue that's only growing in numbers. Um, and I'm glad that we're, our understanding is growing concurrently. Yeah, and you're right, Sam, because I know that probably anyone listening right now um, would probably know someone or know a family affected by suicide. It's as Whereas, pervasive as cancer. Oh, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm in the cancer space, but I mean, I, whenever I'm doing my community engagements, I'll be darned if um, if mental health isn't all a big part of that. You know, I mean, it's it's. I know that if you get cancer, your chances of mental health problems just skyrocket. Most most people after a diagnosis find themselves uh, dealing with mental health issues. It's one of the side effects of yeah. going through something so traumatic. Um, so really, I mean, it, it's so pervasive. It's a part of our culture, and um, and 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 it, it it need not be depressing. I mean, I'm not I'm not sitting here feeling sorry for myself while we're talking about it i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to tug at heartstrings and i'm not trying to appeal to anyone's 
greater sense of humanness. I'm literally just trying to talk about it. Like I talk about my sister's cancer. Yeah. Like it's, it, you know, these are, these are things that affect us. Therefore, it's kind of incumbent upon us to try and talk about it in a constructive way. And as, as outrage culture grows and as our, uh, you know, as, as our divisiveness seems to grow, um, as our media landscape changes, I think it's really important to have, you know, uh, balanced, critical kind of discussions that um, that that don't start from a place of judgment, yeah. and that's really the only space that we're going to learn in. And that's why I've been looking forward to our chat, is because I know that I'm going to come out of it understanding whether it's through um, your friend that you lost when you were 19, whether it's through um, your gorgeous partner that you lost two years ago, whether it's through any of my losses, it's, it, that's how we, but by, by thrashing that out and, ch- and just, just spitballing, literally, that's all we're doing, yeah. um, then, then we're able to hopefully walk away from the chat with, 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 with an extra piece of insight at the very least. Absolutely. You know, I talked to, you know, my good friend, Dr. Michael Carr-Greg, who's one of our country's, you know, best adolescent psychologists and he just talks oh, no, to he's, he's not one of them. He's, he's the preeminent and leading uh, voice in that space. So he he's, 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 he's no mere player. Yeah, he's, he's, um, he's, he's, clearly, he's clearly stands above the rest. Yeah, and he's in the coalface, you know, and we have chats regularly and it's, you know, it's distressing how many young people um, are either attempting or, or completing taking their lives and it's just... Well, I know, it, why, I know why it is too, Sharon. Um, I've I've done a little bit of study on this stuff, yeah. and um, there's a reason why we're um, we're more anxious and less well. Um, apparently, well, don't quote me on it, but this is what I've been able to glean: um, that we have we have extrinsic psychological needs and intrinsic psychological needs. Our intrinsic psychological needs, our um, our extrinsic psychological needs are things like to, our need to be sheltered and to be warm and to be fed. Yes. Our intrinsic psychological needs, uh, depending on, on, on kind of who you study, um, some people have six of them, some people have eight, some people have ten, um, but, but our intrinsic psychological needs are essentially thus. Uh, we, we, we need to feel connected. Yes. We need to feel autonomous, which means we need to feel a sense of power and control over our decision-making. Uh, we need to feel a sense of belonging. Um, and we need to feel a sense of meaning and purpose. Mm. These are the things that uh, create a fulfilling life, a, a life that means something, that, 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 uh, a life that's of a standard that you can uphold. If we don't get these intrinsic psychological needs met, um, then we fall into depression and we fall into anxiety and ultimately some of us fall in, into the ultimate tragedy, which is suicide. And, and the reason it's happening is because our modern world has placed different emphases, emphases on, 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 on what we should be striving for or, or striving to attain. We have a culture that actually encourages, towards, encourages us towards material gain, uh, towards a kind of um, short, uh, short-term gratification rather than long-term gratification. We're just, we're just really trying to get that quick dopamine hit 
wherever we can get it in the modern world and we're not taking the time to look deeper to, to meet those more intrinsic psychological needs. This is partly because we've started moving to cities in great numbers. Um, when we move into cities uh, in great numbers, we lose a sense of community. And in losing that sense of community, we lose our sense of belonging, we lose our sense of meaning, we lose our sense of being heard, we lose our sense of autonomy. Um, and 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 I've lived in cities and in regions, and, and I can only kind of speak personally or anecdotally about this, but I find that I'm, I'm much more well when I'm in a smaller community. I'm more engaged. I live in a town of 700 and something people. I've, I, you know, I've... I know it, I, I know people. I'm, I'm I'm accountable here. I, if I was in a city, I could make a bad decision and no one would hold me to account. Yeah. Um, if I'm in if I'm in a, a smaller community, um, I'm held to account more, which means I make better decisions. Um, so I don't have the gift of anonymity to to kind of end up on the wrong path. Yeah. Um, and so, so this is why I firmly believe that so many kids are struggling is because they're growing up in a world that has less meaning, that has less purpose, that has less of those connections and senses of belonging that we need to feel well. And, and, and you know, you're not going to find it on social media and you're not going to find it in a shoebox surrounded by people without any meaningful conversations happening. And, and, and so as far as I can glean, the reason why we're all a bit more stressed out, all a little bit more depressed, all a little bit more anxious and all a little bit more prone to suicide is because we're not focusing on those things that, um, that truly engage us on a human level. And, and you can only lose one of those intrinsic psychological needs. Like, for example... You need to feel autonomous. You need to feel a sense of power over your decision making. So many people are in a relationship. Another intrinsic psychological need is the, is the need to be heard. So you need to feel like you've got control over your decisions and you need to feel like someone's hearing you. Um, unfortunately, a lot of us are in relationships where we don't feel any control and we don't feel like we're being heard. Now, to spend five years in a relationship with no control, feeling like you're not being heard, and, and, and tell me that you're doing better than you were when you entered the relationship. So, so there's all kinds of things tugging at us and, and distracting us from the things that actually fulfill us, which is more old school stuff that we found in villages when they were smaller. Absolutely. Sam, we're going to uh, stick with us. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back after this break um, and chat more with you. Um, you're listening to Sharon Witt, This One Life Stories That Shape You. My special guest is Samuel Johnson. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> 